migration and the proportion of foreign-born residents is basically the same as it was in 1900, 36%, and lower than in 1910, 41%. We live in typically American homes or apartments, send our children to typically American schools, shop for the most part in typically American stores, are treated by American-certified, if not American-born, doctors in American hospitals, work largely with other Americans and, with limited exceptions, eat American food. To be sure, many of the goods we buy are either made abroad or produced in the United States by foreign companies, but that is also an old story, dating back to at least the early 1980s, when all things Japanese represented the wave of the future. We have yet to see, but eagerly anticipate, the openings of local supermarkets with French names and French products. When local shops close, they are most frequently replaced by chains like Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, and in New York, Duane Reed, all bona fide American companies. Foreign banks such as HSBC have made an appearance, but when they do, they operate not as foreign entities but under U.S. regulations and are scarcely distinguishable from their American competitors, who continue to dominate the market. The phone company remains thoroughly American. The principal novel element of globalization in our experience is the occasional voice on the other end of the phone from Cork or Mumbai. If that is truly the extent of how the new globalization is penetrating our lives, it is a very meager thing indeed. Globalization has a far larger presence in the news than it does in our daily rounds, and as New Yorkers, our lives are probably more cosmopolitan than most. To its critics, globalization is a terrible development that makes almost everybody worse off and threatens the survival of the planet. They blame it for everything from mass poverty in Africa and Latin America to the falling living standards for workers in Europe and North America. They also charge it with subverting local democracies when powerful international corporations exert unchecked power in pursuit of their own narrow self-interest. In contrast, Globalization's advocates argue that it is the greatest force for good in human history. According to Martin Wolf, a well-informed and articulate proponent of globalization and chief economics commentator for the Financial Times, a world integrated through the market should be highly beneficial to the vast majority of the world's inhabitants. The market is the most powerful institution for raising living standards ever invented. The problem today is not that there is too much globalization, but that there is too little. Wolf, why globalization works. Between these extremes, opinions range from generally positive, but with warning signals about tough times ahead, Thomas Friedman, the world is flat, to generally negative, but with a nod to potential benefits, Joseph Stiglitz, globalization and its discontents. Despite the disagreements about its merits, a surprising consensus about the nature of globalization cuts across all these divergent views. There are five fundamental assumptions about globalization that are widely taken for granted. 1. Globalization is the future, an irresistible and growing part of economic reality. 2. Globalization is the dominant force shaping the world's economies. Whether for good or ill, whatever happens is due to globalization. 
Fixing the future means fixing globalization. 3. The fate of the world's workers depends on globalization, both in rich countries and in developing ones. Those who adapt will do well. Those who do not will suffer. 4. Businesses face the same imperative. Either they globalize successfully or they stagnate and may even die. 5. Financial markets will be the most affected by globalization. Trying to resist the forces of financial globalization is like trying to turn back the tide. The problem with these accepted truths is that they are either highly questionable or largely false. It is time to take a deep breath and look more closely at the real impact of this phenomenon as of today and to assess its future in the same sober spirit. Our goal in this book is to present a more accurate picture of the present status of globalization.